This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in the 2020s. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. Charlene, make no mistake, yeah. The amount of device time that my kids are going to have this festive season is bordering on criminal. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, everyone knows I love a good picture book. I love a good picture book. And so while I can, I will speak about it until my kids have grown out of them. And then probably I'll continue to speak about picture books. I I thought that I would take the opportunity to share with you some of the books that we've been enjoying with our kids. Um, and share with our listeners and you, obviously, about uh, what we've been enjoying in our home lately. Yeah, no, same. I mean, we look, I'm not opposed to letting my children run amok this Christmas, but when it hits you, the cabin fever, it sure damn does hit you. So um, it'll be nice to share about some of the activities we'll be doing with our kids this festive holiday season. Mm, so before we get to the activities, we're going to start with the books. Some of these you have read with your kids, mm-hmm. um, and some of them will be. I'll be sharing with you. I want to start though with Oliver Jeffers. Yes, uh, you have read this book. These are books that he that tend to come out sort of a once a year, and I've gotten um, all the books. I think all the books in the lead up to it. So Oliver Jeffers, let me scroll to it. He he's known for books like Lost and Found, The Day the Crayons Quit. Um, and then, of course, here we are, right? So I got this for Elijah. Actually, I wonder if I gifted to uh, to him or somebody else. I definitely got both my boys what we'll build. So each Christmas season, these books come out, and we were very kindly gifted his latest for this festive season, yes. which, meanwhile, back on Earth. It's just, I mean, these books are just heartfelt and they're, they're really cerebral. They've got a lot of depth to mm. them. So what did you what did you think of this book? Have you read it with your kids? Yes. Well, so we're, we're midway. We haven't finished it because I only read like two pages at a time. Mm. And then we're reading that interspersed with one of the others we're going to be covering. Cool. Um, just first off, the illustrations, it's magical. It's it like, a, like a, a, um, a fantasy world of discovery is how I feel when we go. And the kids are, they're hanging on my every word. I mean, it's not copy intensive, the book at no. all. But we, and, and I think because it's, it's got short little lines, uh, we read literally like two or three pages at a time but to keep a lot it of, hanging for, for more, to keep the excitement. There's a lot of discussion that happens around mm, these mm. books. So, so it's about this little boy who gets in the car and, I mean, you're talking about some, there's some heavy, I think this is what Oliver Jeffers does the best. Does well. He, there are some really heavy topics and he doesn't come at it because they're kids. He doesn't come at it with levity. He doesn't try and make it easier on the kids. But, I mean, he kind of contextualizes it in a way that things are really self-explanatory. So it's just a really beautiful book about how um, he imagines that they just carry on driving and they drive into space. And it's looking at the world and time and the distance from each planet and then in context of what that means in our own history. Mm. And it's it's very convoluted. And there, there were times that Ray and I sat 
in this book and we're just like, that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. But then he he always brings it back to, to the car. Okay, so this is the, the distance from Earth to Pluto. In time, that means that it would take so many hours to drive there or so many days to drive there. And if we go back in time to to the same amount of time, this is what was happening in the world. And then there's a little bit of history that comes in. So I don't want to spend all of our time talking about this book, but I mean, a cosmic, a cosmic view on conflict. I mean, conflict. This is yeah, a, it's a hard topic. It's a really hard topic, but he does it so beautifully. What I love about this book is both my children are really deep thinkers. They mm. like, they tend to ponder things quite deeply and this allows them to explore that part of their personality and their minds to think deeply about things without being terrified by quite a serious topic. So, I mean, if you've got a couple of deep thinkers, the Oliver Jeffers that that come out every year, they always make great gifts for for my boys and maybe it will be helpful to some parents out there. Similarly, though, if you want to lighten the mood, David Williams is always a good idea. You are busy reading Slime with with your kids. I haven't started, but Slime and Space Boy, Space Boy is like hitting the shelves in a big way. What? Let's start with Slime. What is your experience of this book? So I have both. We literally any mini miny mode and they chose this one to start with. And so we're like a quarter of the way through it because we also read books that they get from the library at school. So on the days we don't have library books, we read Slime or Oliver Jeffers. And so or whichever other book they choose. It's a funny book. It there's lots of terminology in there that doesn't even exist, which is uh, David Williams has his own dictionary <laughs> that he has created. He's hilarious. Yes. Yeah. And so he references those on the bottom of the page um, to explain what they mean. Or if you want more information, you can get his dictionary. <laughs> um, it's really cool because it's um, there's it's got lots of dynamics and it's got scarier parts and like um, it talks about these mean adults and these horrible things that this this people on this island have they hate children they just hate children in this story and it sounds quite scary but the way he words it and it's almost it reminds me of that book you read to the kids the book with no um, the book with no pictures. pictures. Yeah, it allows you. There aren't a lot of pictures, and so it allows them to really. It allows me, as the person reading to them, to really animate what I'm reading with the sounds and the Which words. You're great and, at, yeah. And then also for them to imagine this world, because and they're they're absolutely hooked when I read this book. Um, and each of the different characters that they introduce you to in the beginning of the book, and then as it as it carries on. You encounter each of these characters, almost this this boy who is the main character in the book, him and his buddy Slime, kind of take revenge on these adults. Oh, who, I love that. Yes, it's a it's a really fun story. So I found, I mean, I haven't started, so I'm just I just opened up randomly, and there's illustrations like with you know Quentin Blake and Roald Dahl. This is this is a nice sort of 2020s version of that. Uh, the twins were bitter that they were old and ruined. Years of uh, years and years of sniping and snarking and snumping asterisks at each other had chilled their hearts. And then it goes, this word has had the Williams Dictionary seal of approval. Need you ask for more? Snumping at each other. Yes. That's a word that he's made up. I love that. I love that. Okay, so 
there's slime and then also out this festive season is space boy so this is i would say this can these books are appropriate for like if you're reading with your kids six to nine but then beyond that 12 to like the preteen years and into self when you're reading for yourself yes so Space Boy also haven't started yet, but I'm going to read the blurb here. On a dusty old farm, Ruth spends every night looking at the stars through her telescope, dreaming of a more exciting life. But when a flying saucer crash lands in the cornfield, she finds herself launched into a thrilling adventure and a friendship that will span the universe. He is he's quite a prolific children's book author, and I really, really love uh, all the stuff that he has to offer. It's so creative. It's just when I read these books, I'm just like, how does this come from someone's mind? Yeah, it's great. He, there's very, very, he draws a lot on Roald Dahl, I, I feel, um, without overtly saying so. So oh, we've got a lot to get through and not a lot of time. Yes. Um, Christmas books that we've been enjoying um, over the course of the year, actually. We're going on a present hunt. Okay. Okay, so each year we collect Christmas books in my house. We're going on a present hunt. Uh, it kind of draws on that old Helen Oxen- Oxenberry book, We're Going on a Bear Hunt. Mm-hmm. We're going on a bear hunt. Okay, Got right. to catch a big one. So here they go on a present hunt. This is cool. So it's it's a nice sort of fun-filled one where they go on a present hunt for uh, a baby. Okay. And eventually find the present and then have to go back through all the obstacles that they went through to get there. Oh, that's cute. With sound effects, da-da-da. But as with our boys, they're getting a bit older. So there are books like this. And I've got to say Clarice Bean's book, um, Think Like an Elf. So that came out last year. This also came out last year, I think. Ben Miller, he wrote The Night I Met Father Christmas. He has another one, Diary of a Christmas Elf. It's all about this little elf who... Um. Yeah, he, he needs to uncover a thief. Um. Yo, I, f- I forgot. I read part of this last year, but okay. Let me read the blurb, and then I can remind myself. Tog finally has his dream job as a toy making elf in Santa's in Santa's workshop, which he details in diary format. Okay. So each day you can read a, a different his diary, diary entry. In then entries. Monday, eight December. Tuesday, nine December. Okay, that's cute. But making marvelous presents is harder than it looks. Especially when Tog discovers that someone has been stealing them, the presents. So with time running out, can he use his magic to uncover the thief and save Christmas? So <laughs> That's cute. I really love these. And what I tend to do with these, and we're going on a present hunt, and ones that I know my kids aren't going to grow out of anytime soon, I put them away in a box. And so they come out and they kind of like Around new, that time of year, yes. Around the, the <clears throat> you know, the festive season. So... I mean, we don't have really big kids yet, but if you are looking for gifts for teens, I've started just as a brain break, The School for Good and Evil. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I have not read this one, <laughs> and I thought maybe I must cheat and just like… Just watch the movie. Watch the movie. <laughs> but I want to I want to experience it with the kids first. Question on this one, yeah. age-wise, because I read a review online that… And I don't know if that was... I didn't read a lot. I only read one. Yeah. Um, because I was looking for books for an eight-year-old as a, as a, as a yeah, birthday gift. Yeah, I think gift. it's a little bit And then old. I thought this is probably a bit older than that. It's, it's not quite... I would say high schoolers. Mm. I would say it's appropriate for high schoolers. Okay, based cool. on the little that I've read. But I think it would resonate well with from age 13. Okay, cool. Um, 
quickly for those who are open-minded, not not near, really open-minded, those who want to have a more inclusive view of teaching their kids about the body and bodily functions. We are not talking about sex ed right now, people, but we are just talking about introducing the concept of how different shapes and sizes and looks and and able-bodied or mm. make up the world. Body positivity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this book kind of details, and I looked it up last night. They even have like different ways of pooing. So <laughs> what is it when you poo into a sack? There's a word for Colostomy it. bag. Colostomy bag. They speak about that. And that was something I learned with my kids. There's mm. a picture in here, which obviously they are very drawn to, of people with their different penises and their <laughs> different penis size. Yes. Uh, different looking vulvas. Yes. And a brief mention of the fact that gender um, isn't assigned with, you know, your physical anatomy in yes. mind. Very, very brief mention. Also so that our kids don't have to kind of wrap their minds around issues that they're not yet ready for. Ready for, yeah. But, um, you know, there's a person that had had a mastectomy and Elijah always asked me about that. Why does that person have one breast? Mm. And I briefly mentioned that you get a disease called cancer and some women a lot of women get it in their breasts and if you have a lump in your breast then you have the option to remove your breast that type of thing there's a lot of rich discussions that have come out of this book and highly recommended for um you know kids in the age category like even noah noah loves this book and he's two so two to nine ten year olds I believe we'll enjoy this book. I this think is it's probably cool. this is my favorite I, book of the season. I really I love this book. I love it from the first moment it was introduced to us because oh. I had a, a little girl, one of my daughter's friends, see one of the parents who had a um, prosthetic leg walk out of the school and she bolted towards him and out loud yelled, why do you have a robot leg? <laughs> and it was a it was a great teaching moment. I'm not her parent, but her parents weren't there, and so it was a nice opportunity yeah. to open a discussion about that. Which and is, so this is a great introduction to stuff like that, and also just choice about we whether you want tattoos or not. Yes. And oh, but some people don't have a choice; they were born with a birthmark, and that's okay. Um, the last page bodies will change in size and shape over time remember that your body is yours for life and you are in charge listen to and love your body every day because all bodies are amazing including yours mm. it's just so affirmative and i really love it i really love this book i've got one more and then yes. we're going to move on to show business yes we've really far out, out, out overstayed our welcome for a quote-unquote short, short episode but it is what it is what can I say? Um, <laughs> Rion Mansa. I, I knew it when I saw his name. He wrote a book and uh, called Around Africa on My Bicycle. So this gent literally traveled Africa on his bike. And now he has documented his journey for little ones in this book, My First African Adventure. This is lacquer. So just to give you an idea... It has a map, starts with, obviously, the tip of Southern Africa, where he started, and then moves through Namibia. So he started in South Africa, and then his first stop was Namibia, and he kind of went all the way around the oh continent gosh, all like the way to Mozambique yeah. and then back. That's cool. So to give you an idea of what it looks like, here's Togo, country 10 of 34. 
Okay. And includes facts about the population, the capital, the motto, what food you get, their languages, different oh, animals. My been... Joshua child is going to lap this one up. And then a brief it's chapter scary. of what kind of happened when he was in Togo um, before he moved on. And it's really interactive. Obviously, you can see the QR codes there. So you'll know. You, I mean, you've identified it. Josh will, will love it. So there's, uh, you scan the QR codes for more sounds and sights and sounds of Rian's incredible adventure That's around genius. South Africa. It's really a beautiful book. There are so many great books out, mm. but those are some of my faves. I will leave it at that. <laughs> I'm getting that one. That, it's, that really, one. it's really, really a lovely book. Um. But also, besides that, I mean, we managed to get books down at bedtime, but there are 23 hours <laughs> left of the day yes. after the bath and, and bedtime and school routine. holidays um, imminent. Whew, yeah. Look, we... It's a month. It's a whole it's a month, month of a month. having to entertain these children. But if you are looking <laughs> for something special to take your child to, we were treated to Adventures in Pantoland, yes. this year's Janice Honeyman's pantomime, um, which is on until the 24th of December. Yes. So if you are listening to this or viewing it before um, the end of December 2022, then this is a, such a great option mm. for you to go and enjoy with your kids. Even if you're still working until like the 15th, 16th, even right up until the 18th, if you're still working until that time, that little stretch before Christmas, you still can get in and go and yeah. watch it. Yeah, It's really entertaining. There's lot, I don't want to give away too much, but there's a lot of um, current uh, pop culture references, references yeah. which is really it's enjoyable. The music is popular, and even my little ones recognize it because they hear it on the radio. So, yeah, it, it's fun. The pantomime is always a jewel. Look, once I always say once you've seen one pantomime, you've seen them all, but at the same time, there's no harm in just going and enjoying it. You so, know, so, yeah. you know what to expect. Is what it's I'm also, saying. Also, it's nice for, from an adult perspective to see how they've taken what's relevant and current in just in South Africa today, and or, or um, international politics, for example, and how they just swing it in for the adults to laugh about. Exactly. And it's nice to watch how they are creative with those things. Exactly. Yes. Also happening in a similar space. So the, these are all Joburg based. And what I would love is for our listeners or our viewers to share with us theatre experiences across the country. Yes, in their uh, relevant provinces or parts of, of the world. Because our reference is Joburg mm. and there is so much. I think what I really love about it is that post-COVID now, there's been a resurgence or in my experience, just I've been exposed to so much more theater and my children are really loving it, which is something that I pride myself on. They they enjoy the theater. Uh, Elijah, obviously, at being almost six, much more than Noah, who is two. But for the two-year-olds going on three, four, five, the People's Theater, which is a little theater just off the Joburg Theater, the old Civic, um, is run by a group of people that empower little ones to start their acting careers as mm. well. So there are children who are part of um, the, 
the People's Theatre Productions. And at the moment, also until the end of December, they have The Little Mermaid. Unfortunately, I could not make The Little Mermaid, but you took Josh and Jess yes. to The Little Mermaid. So tell us more about it. Well, it's obviously all the usual songs from the from the Disney movie that we got to enjoy. And I certainly sang out loud too. Um. Oh, man, <laughs> I feel so... So crap that I missed out on that. And um, I will uh, uh, let me talk about the show first, and then I have a funny anecdote to mm. share with everyone. But um, it's a feel-good, wonderful, entertaining show. It's great to see the young, aspiring actors and how they translate um, those characters and those roles. Um, obviously, Ursula, the sea witch, most entertaining. Um, I have a number of funny anecdotes that I can share about the show. Joshua was just engrossed and like quietly watching, whereas Jessie was much more vocal. Um, first and foremost, as Ariel steps out onto the stage, and this isn't a spoiler alert because if you've seen the marketing, you've seen what Ariel looks like. Um, we've had discussions about Jessie recently starting to describe people as the brown girl or the one with the brown skin and the one with the blonde hair. Mm -hmm. Our children are, after all, not colorblind. Yes, or the one with the peach skin. Yeah. And so when we're, we've only recently realized that she's describing it in that way because it's just really an observation. And so I'm always worried, taken out of context, because we're white, that, you know, a white, pale white family, how that would translate to someone who's listening in. Ariel steps out onto the stage and the first thing Jessie says is, that's not the real Ariel because she is a person of color. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Because in the the Disney movie, not the recent one, the original one, Ariel is a white mermaid. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, here we go. And I can't explain to her now. And she's in the. As the show's As cracking out on. loud, yeah. we're in the first row. That's not the real oh, Ariel. And it yes, echoes throughout the theater. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. And I'm like, why do you say so under my breath? I'm saying to her. And she says, her tail is not turquoise. <laughs> and I was like, yes, serves you right, you bloody idiot. <laughs> it's not about her skin color. It's because her tail is not turquoise. Because Ariel's skin, Ariel's tail is turquoise and hers was a rainbow color. Let that be a lesson <laughs> to all of us. It was a most enjoyable show. The kids were enthused and it was a thoroughly enjoyable day out. So I can highly recommend it. Always love the People's Theatre. And what I really love is I, I took Elijah from when he was two. Um, and they do recommend Theatre for Children from three. Mm. But it's such a great introduction yes. for for little ones. It's nice to that get the, into they it. can be vocal, having said that, they can be vocal and clap and laugh and ooh and ah and they not be that old it be that old experience of not quiet. Yeah. We're in a theater. Exactly, exactly. So similarly, the National Children's Theatre, um, is an is both an outside and an indoor theater, and that I prefer taking my wild child Noah to the outdoor theater. Yes. So at the moment they have Susical the Musical on, but soon to be replaced by a show called Balloonacy. So Susical the Musical, obviously based on Dr. Seuss books, Balloonacy seems to be an original show by a clown, a mime who uses balloons and sort of humorous. Um, oh, that's cool. You know, sort of ways of, of of acting, but without sound. I'm assuming he uses a lot of music. I definitely want to be taking my kids to Balloonacy, but 
What I really love, again, about the National Children's Theatre is that it is, you take a picnic blanket. We've been. Mm -hmm. We didn't watch Hope the Rhino. That was the next one. Under the Baobab We watched Under the Baobab Tree this year. So, I mean, guys, just keep an eye out. We're going to link everybody up to all the the different theatres, you know, mailing lists and, and websites, etc. Subscribe to their mailing lists and, and so you can stay up to date because I really think it's a great day out. Mm. And you can sort of weigh up your options, some more affordable than others, you, and, and you would know what your kids are more inclined to. But lunacy, definitely something that my boys will enjoy. enjoy. Rounding out our discussion here, Sinbad the Sailor is a pantomime as well at the Teatro Theatre at Monte Cassino. Um I've only heard good things about it. So have I. I have n- I'm yet to see it myself. Um, Friends went to see it and it seemed like a proper jaw. And then, of course, we went to a theater production earlier this year, just me and you. Mm-hmm. We watched um, The Beauty adult Queen of Lenin. Yes. Yeah, well, well, not adult, adult in a sense, yeah. <laughs> but more suited to an adult audience. D- drama. That's yes. not a musical. That's not. There's just so much coming out, guys. Mm. So find your closest theater. And go, because I guarantee you, you will love it. Mm. And it's just a really great culture injection for for our children. Um, Like I said, theatre is on the app post-COVID. Books are always a firm fave. So TGE, uh, we thought we'd share a few of our favourite things here. And as I mentioned, that's all in Joburg. Mm. So if you have any listings in um, other parts of South Africa that you'd like for us to share, just give us a shout over at The Great Equalizer. Info at thegreatequalizer.co.za. And of course, Charlene, all of our social platforms. Yes, yeah. Um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Hit us up. Yeah, hit us up. We will share as much as we can because these are things that we love. We love to do together with our kids and as Team TGE. Shout out to our producers over at Autumn Aperture and Arc Studios, including our editor Tyler McKenna and sound engineer Stephen Creel. Please review our show notes for more on today's topic and expert guest. And for more on The Great Equalizer, our website is always a good idea, www.thegreatequalizer.co.za, along with our social media platforms on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now YouTube. And of course, if you want to chat with Sam or Charlene directly, email us at info at We would love to hear from you. <laughs>